0: they just have where can our kids have a bad day where can our kids fight with each other because they ticked each other off Mm, that's good right and and maybe kids squabbling at home is actually a sign of a healthy accepting home where they feel like i can be myself back to another episode of the on purpose parents podcast Producer Chris is happy to be here. Oh my goodness, yes He's, he is. Feeling, so good he's feeling spicy. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit chilly. I'm a little bit cold. And Grace is feeling...
1: I think I'm feeling hungry. Hungry.
0: Okay, <laughs> well, I'll is tell you what. Is that a feeling?
1: <laughs> sure, Let's go get it. Sure, okay. it's
0: a feeling. It may not be an emotion, yeah. but it's a feeling.
1: Oh man. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Anyway, you're hungry. You're in a state of hungry. I'm in
1: a state yeah. of hungry.
2: Little dogs got to eat.
0: Well, then what? let's jump into today's topic. All
1: right. Um, as we
0: like to do once every now and then, this is only the second time we've done it, but we like mm-hmm. to do it, is about every four or five episodes, we sort of hit pause on talking about things that we think are important, mm-hmm. and hopefully our viewers and our listeners find them important and helpful, but we like to toss it out to the On Purpose Parent podcast crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, who submit questions. They do that through our text message. Which how, how do they follow us on text if they want to receive our texts?
2: Uh, text the word parents to 83,000. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: And if you have a question you'd like to submit via email, you can send that to us at Parents at Saddleback.com. Yeah. Parents nice. at Saddleback.com. I got that right.
1: You did. You Parents did so at Saddleback.com.
0: <laughs> you can submit a question. We will eventually get to the questions, um, depending on how many there are at any mm-hmm. given time. We try to only do about three per episode. So it could take us a while to get to your question mm-hmm. if it's kind of backlogged. <clears throat> right now, I don't think there's a, a massive backlog <laughs> of questions, but there could be someday. Yeah.
1: And we uh, do love getting questions because that is part of the heart of this podcast is not just to hear Kurt or I or Chris talking, but to have a community with our parents out yeah, there. Yeah.
0: It, mm-hmm. It's our way to make it sort of a conversation, right? Yeah. You, you, you submit something to us and we get to talk about it. And hopefully in doing so, as is our goal, mm-hmm. is just we're not experts. None of us have degrees in this stuff. Mm-hmm. We're all parents in different stages of parenting. Producer Chris and I are kind of in the same stage of parenting. Yep. And Grace is in a totally different stage yeah. of parenting. But collectively... You know, we we have some experiences that we like to share with others, and that's really what we bring to the table. We don't have degrees or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so today we've got how many questions, Chris? Three. Producer Chris, three questions. Yeah. You're just going to toss out a question. Grace and I will each take a swipe at it. Mm-hmm. Producer Chris, jump in at any time. Yeah. Um, as long as you raise your hand and ask your permission. <laughs> so raise your hand at any time. Grace and I will pretend to ignore That's, it or we'll acknowledge it. You know,
1: it. <laughs> I think producer Chris has the button to mute both oh, of us, does. actually. This he's is, the one with true. the power over he does, there.
0: He does. hold all the power. All right. let Let's, let's jump you. right into it. All right.
2: Yeah, so you know, about a month ago, we had 150 qu- questions roll in, and I would say probably about 10 of those had had to do with Uh, Helping my kids get along better. Oh, yeah. So, because you have, you know, the the, the arguing, the fighting, Mm -hmm. all that kind. So, the question to you guys how can I help my kids get along better with each other?
1: Mm, Great Great question. question. Yeah. Um, Well, I can take a first, what did you say, Kurt? Swipe, swipe Swipe at it. Um, I do have two girls. They are 10 and 8. One is about to turn 11. So, they're about three years apart. So, that's the setting for my family situation. And one thing that's really helped me and still journeying through it. So as Kurt said, none of us are at that end state where we've said we've made it and, you know, nothing else to work on. But something that's really helped me is practicing shepherding versus scolding. Hmm. Now, that's a concept that I read somewhere recently, and it's actually really helped reframe and reshape how I think about the situation when my kids are fighting because... When they're fighting, when they're bickering between each other and whining and, you know, all that high-pitched sort of yelling back and forth, it is very easy to go into scolding mode. Mm. And I don't know if it's just me, but it's very easy for me to react in a way and say things like, guys, just stop. Like, stop fighting. Like, do you have to fight all the time? Like, just just quit it. Just stop. That's basically what I say, you know? It's like, just do it. Just get along. And what I've realized, if, if this is my only response, I mean, sometimes you, you just kind of, you're tired and that might be what you say. But if that's the only way that I'm responding to my kids, in a way, what I'm saying is they should just know how to get along. They should just automatically know how to be kind, how to be patient. And they are just willfully choosing not to do those things. And thus, I just tell them, stop. Stop doing what you know you shouldn't be doing and do what you should be doing. Um, But in reality, what I'm trying to remind myself and what I'm coming to really understand is learning how to get along with others is a skill. And uh, just like any other skill, it requires practice, It requires training, it requires discipline, it takes um, patience, like learning some strategies, problem-solving tools. It's not something automatic. Learning how to be interdependent isn't a natural thing. Yeah, so if I start to view the situation in this light, the whole shepherding versus scolding start to make a lot more sense. And the way I view the shepherding mindset is that it almost expects kids will fight. Like it's going to be a normal thing, nothing to get really like super riled up about. And the shepherding mindset views it as a normal part of development. It's normal, it's natural, it's necessary. And when it does happen, it's actually a valuable opportunity to start practicing some of these skills as opposed to just saying, just stop, just stop fighting. So I'll just give one quick example. Recently, Karis has really, she's my almost 11-year-old she has really started to enjoy the hobby of singing, and so she's done a couple like after-school activity musicals, and she just she loves it. So she will sing a lot in the house, and she doesn't have like a quiet singing voice. I mean, it is it's full. It is full, <laughs> and she's experimenting, and we all Sam and I think it's great. It's like oh how how wonderful you found a hobby that you really love. Um, Zoe, my eight-year-old. Not so much. She's like, oh my gosh! Every time Karis started singing, she would be like, "Karis, Karis, 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 stop singing!" And then they would start start bickering because they would be like, "Why do you always interrupt me when I sing?" Or it's like, "You're singing too loud." And and my reaction has always been, "Guys, just just stop. You know, just stop fighting with each other. Figure it out." But what I realized was I was not very helpful. Like we would just be in the same cycle. They would fight, and I would say stop. They would do it again, and I would say stop. So. What we tried was, okay, how can I better shepherd them instead of just scolding them? And so we sat down one time and we said, okay, Karis, what's your perspective on this? It's like, I really like to sing. Zoe, what's your perspective on this? It's really loud and it distracts me from my own thoughts. And so we came up with, okay, what are some expectations or ground rules that we can come up with that we could all agree on together? Karis, when you're in the shower, this is what they came up with. When she's in the shower, she can go at it, like no problem. Zoe, don't run in there and tell her to stop, which is what she was doing before. But in the car, Karis, you're sitting right next to Zoe. Maybe this is not the right time to be singing at the highest pitch or level. And it hasn't been perfect, but just even having a conversation like that as opposed to just adding to the shouting and scolding them has been really productive and yeah. helpful in giving something that they could latch onto that's active as right. opposed to just just right. stop. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, what I love about that is, and this is an upside. Sometimes we forget that there are upsides to most things in life, Mm -hmm. right? Just like there's downsides to most good, you know, all the good stuff has a shadow side that we have to pay attention to usually. Mm -hmm. And the, the tough stuff usually has an, an upside and one upside to our kids not getting along is what you just modeled is it's an opportunity to teach them some conflict resolution. Mm
1: -hmm. When you
0: just say, stop, knock it off. Get along. That's not conflict resolution. Right. But when you sit them down and say, "Okay, let's talk about this. What's your perspective? What's your perspective? How can we come to an agreement?" That's classic conflict resolution one hundred and one that you're you're modeling, and and that is an upside to them not getting along all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of thoughts that came to my mind with this question, just real quick, was the first thought that came to mind is I would be interested to ask a parent who says that because every parent's kids don't get along at times, but it. One question would be, what is your definition, or what do you mean by getting along? Hmm. Does it mean they never squabble? They squabble a little bit less. They only fight over the important stuff, or they only they only fight when one of them was wronged and the other one is rightfully so. Maybe speaking up, sticking up, standing up for himself or herself. Like, what's your expectation? What does getting along look like? Um, which might be a good starting point. I think sometimes parents we might have some really unrealistic expectations mm. of what that looks like. Um, so I would want to know, how old are your kids? What's the age difference between your kids? Boys, you know, brothers and sisters are going to get along different and squabble differently than two sisters. Yeah. T- two twins are going to simultaneously be <laughs> each other's best buddy and worst enemy mm-hmm. because of the proximity, that, right? And, and sometimes, sometimes squabbling is a sign of closeness, right? You, you, this is a little bit of a tangible. I'll get to it real quick. A lot of people will say like, why are, why are my kids so well behaved out in public, Mm -hmm. but at home, right? Or why don't my sibling, my kids don't squabble when they're with other people, but they squabble at home. And I heard this once. I, I can't remember who I heard it from, but he or she was talking about, um, or I read it, I can't remember where I heard it, but basically home is a safe place, or mm-hmm. home, home should be a safe place. Our kids have to perform everywhere. They have to be on their best behavior everywhere, at school, on the soccer field, at their friend's house. I, they're always needing to be on their, when we go to grandma's house, they, we, we probably give them a lecture. Hey, you guys, be sure to behave. Grandma and grandpa are getting a little bit older. We don't want to upset them. Um, <laughs> so, so, true. so where can they just have, where can our kids have a bad day? Where can our kids fight with each other? Because they ticked each other off. Mm, that's good, right? And and maybe kids squabbling at home is actually a sign of a healthy, accepting home, where they feel like I can be myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to act kind all the time. I can express frustration. Just something. Just something to think about. Um, what I've learned over the years is kids are notorious for. Squabble, 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 fight, 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 but they also have each other's back, right? It's the classic I can fight with my sister, I can tease my sister, but you better not. Mm. <laughs> um, and so I would really weigh out, you know, is there is there not getting along just typical sibling stuff? probably, probably. um it's pretty rare that there's a real deeper. We don't like each other. There's Mm -hmm. an issue. One one of them is really unlikable and treats the other one really horrifically. That exists. Most of the squabbling, it just gets on our nerves as parents. But a lot of it is because they're close and they're friends and they're buddies. And, you know, my brother and I didn't fight that much because he was three and a half years older than me. So we were hardly ever even in the same room together. Mm. He had his life. I had mine. So we didn't squabble. Primarily because we didn't hang out ever. We were never really together when we were at the squabbling age. Now we're together all the time and we don't squabble either because we kind of learned but Plus, he's six foot four. So oh, that's I, a good I, I've, I've learned, I, I, the, the few times I did squabble with him when we were teenagers didn't work out so he's well for six me. Six foot
1: four? Yeah. Wow.
0: And probably, I don't know, he's probably 300 pounds. Wow. He's the anti Kurt. Yes. For sure.
2: <laughs> all right. So there you go. Next yeah. question. You know, well, I was thinking that uh, our. Our three kids uh, all out of the house, and they're they're like best friends right now. So good. And so, looking back on how did that happen? I know Tina and I uh, were very intentional about talking to them about being best friends and how important that is. That when they get out of the house, when they move, uh, uh, when they leave, that we they would still be really close. And our kids have like a video chat together. They do that once a week. Um yeah they they do a lot of they go on vacations together like without the parents too you know and i think the the, the main thing with us was that we were intentional about communicating that to them and just kind of dealt with situations as they came up so arguments were happening you know bring them together and make sure that it was resolved and talk through uh, different situations yeah. like that but also cheer them on okay. during like when they're doing games or it's their birthday mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or they did really well on a test. We would all celebrate together, that kind of thing. So just trying to good. be intentional with yeah. that, with the yeah. idea that, 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 that they'll be best friends yeah. when they move out. Kind well,
0: of And you want to teach them basic relationship skills. This is how you That's get along with is. people. Yeah. This yeah. is how you treat people. This is how you talk to people. This is how you respond when your feelings are hurt. You want to teach mm-hmm, them all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And you got to pepper it with a little extra grace because they're with each other. A whole lot
1: yeah and, and like Chris was saying pepper it with fun too I really like that celebration yeah um, we talked about it a lot at our last one of our episodes about boosting the fun in family and how it's not just about fun but there are all these other additional benefits I think having fun as a family can really help with sibling relationships as well something to look at look at and think about
2: yeah we're, we're gonna go watch someone in the play we're gonna go watch sister in the play and cheer, yeah, and cheer her on we're gonna, yeah things like all right that. next question Okay. Second question: Am I a bad parent if I sometimes feel embarrassed by my child's actions? Mm. What if they aren't achieving as much as their peers?
0: So, am I, say that one more time. Read it one more time.
2: Uh, am I a bad parent if I feel sometimes feel embarrassed by my child's mm. actions? Yep.
0: Awesome. Um, this is one that you actually sent us ahead of time, so I wrote down some thoughts, and I'm just going to read what I wrote. I'm mm. not even I'm not even going to expound on them. Okay. I'm just going to read what I wrote and let them let them land where they land. Um, and cause then we can, we can kind of move on a little bit, but I I wrote this for first thing I wrote was a question I tried to ask myself in those moments when I was raising my kids was, would I feel like this if it wasn't my child? Mm -hmm. So if I saw another child behaving this way, would I feel like, Oh man, those parents must be really embarrassed. (laughs) If it wasn't my kid, would it, would it bother me? Nine times out of 10, I had to answer no. If it, if, if it wasn't my child, what they're doing would not be embarrassing. And so I just had to recognize that. Um, another thing I wrote down is quit comparing. Just quit, quit comparing and start yeah. celebrating. That's a lot great. of the stuff that embarrasses us is stuff that is – there. it's unique to them. They're unique. They're different. Yeah. They're, they're, they're cut out of a different cloth than we think they should be. When you compare, you lose. When you compare, you get embarrassed. Start celebrating what you can celebrate. Um, another thing I wrote down is <laughs> – What did I write down? I can't even see. (laughs) Holy smokes! Um, I wrote down: Is their behavior somewhat age-appropriate? Right? Maybe, yeah. Some a a behavior, an embarrassing behavior for a twelve-year-old, is might be embarrassing if it's because it's appropriate for a five-year-old, but not for a twelve-year-old. And a lot of stuff that's appropriate for a twelve-year-old that might bother us as grown-ups is pretty appropriate for a 12 year old. Mm. Right. So, so like, don't, don't put your embarrassment factor set at 38 or 42. Mm -hmm. Put your factor, your expectation factor at at 12 or at the age of your child. I said, I wasn't going to expound and here I am. No, (laughs) do it. It's good. Expounding is good. Um, So is, is it age appropriate behavior? And most of the time kids kind of usually behave at the age that they are. and, as adults, we go, oh, gosh, that's so embarrassing. Well, yeah, but he's five. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why, are we, why is our identity wrapped up in how our kids are acting when they're mm-hmm. five years old? My, mm-hmm. my quick example, as I don't expound, <laughs> um, is I love my, my um, daughter and her husband. We have a three-year-old granddaughter and a two-year-old grandson. And they let them wear whatever the heck they want to wear when they go out of the house. My three-year-old granddaughter dresses herself. And I'll tell you what, man. Whew. There's some stuff that she shows up wearing, you know right um it's she's got jeans under a under a tutu with a hoodie with mixed match shoes, but she that's what she wanted to wear and they let her wear it and you see little boys in Batman costumes at the grocery store and it's not it's not Halloween when I was a when we were raising our kids i i that made me I'm embarrassed mm. I can't I don't want my son in a Batman costume in february that's that's weird right but I love that that my daughter and her husband are like. Age-appropriate, man. A, a two-year-old, of course he wants to wear Batman. And if he wants to wear Batman to the grocery store, let him wear Batman. It's no, sweat off, it's no skin off their nose. They just, and I, I like that. Age-appropriate. That's good illustration. Um, and then the last thing I wrote down is just, hey, P.S. everybody. Kids embarrass their parents. It's, it's, <laughs> it's what they do. Yeah. Um, we signed up for it when we decided to have kids. Kids do embarrassing things. Kids make our eyes roll. Kids make other parents – our kids cause other people in the grocery store or at church or wherever – to whisper behind our backs. That's just what they do. And that's okay. That's part That's part of the do, gig.
2: Do you think that parents embarrass their kids too? Well, yeah. Never, never. All
0: day, all day, every, I mean, only between the ages of 11 and 15. Oh my goodness. Those, those five or six years.
1: Oh man, I'm entering that season. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, <laughs> it's, a, that's, good that's it's another, a good question. That's another, that's another time. That's another episode, another podcast episode. Okay, great. Um, yeah. I think those are really amazing uh, just ways to kind of check our thinking. And and that's sort of my tip here. First of all, to the person who wrote this question, I do want to say, no, you are not a bad parent for having that thought or for having that feeling. Yeah. Um, what it means is you're human. It I, means you have feelings. And as humans, right. we get embarrassed. And Sometimes I think we make ourselves feel really guilty for having certain feelings that aren't like considered to be the best or the right, quote unquote, right feelings to have towards our kids. But it is normal, it is natural, you're not strange, you're not a bad parent for right. having these feelings. What I will say though, is I think it is a good opportunity to ask yourself what might be going on inside mm. when you do feel that way. And so that's my my encouragement on this question is, is to really try to see and do some introspection on what might be underneath your embarrassment for your kid. And there could be a lot of reasons, a lot of situations, and I'll just share just one thing that um, came to my mind. One thing to possibly explore is that some, one root of being embarrassed about our kids may stem from deep down ourselves just not accepting who we are. Ourselves and striving for some standard of behavior or performance to get this approval or to avoid judgment or condemnation that we're so used to doing our whole life. That then, when we have kids, it's very easy to project that standard of behavior or performance onto our kids. And our kids, when they don't meet that standard, trigger that discomfort in us Mm -hmm. because we can't control their behavior perfectly the way that we would do to get that acceptance or whatever it is that you're doing to feel good about yourself. But when we can check that thought and really lean into the truth that we are wanted, we're valuable, we're accepted because God loves us and not because of anything we do, there can be a lot of freedom in just approaching the situation with our kids differently and maybe right. not such a trigger. Because yep. I, I find that a lot of times we react to our kids almost like as a knee-jerk reaction to protect ourselves from that fear of judgment and sure. condemnation. Sure. Yes, good. so one light example I'll share is So we were walking with um, our kids to school and Zoe, my eight-year-old is the spunky one and she loves nature. And so she appreciates things and she wants to share the beauty of nature with me. And she'll go into some neighbor's yard with their nice flowers and pluck them. And I'll be like, you know, so this happened one time, she plucked this flower and she was really excited to give me this flower. Look, mom, I plucked this lovely flower in someone's garden for you and we were with other kids and other parents and my knee-jerk reaction was, oh my gosh, like that's not appropriate behavior. You don't go into someone's yard and pluck a beautiful flower. And so my knee-jerk reaction that moment was, okay, I have to scold her because people are watching and right. what are they gonna think I'm a parent that lets their kid go wild? And so my knee-jerk reaction was, Zoe, no, don't do that. Like you can't pluck flowers yeah. from people's yard. You,
0: you do not wanna raise a a <laughs> chi- a, a flower plucker. <laughs> because that's like a gateway crime. It's a, gate, it's a gateway crime without a doubt. <laughs>
1: that's a good point. It's a good point. So that's exact, but you right, when you say it like this, it becomes clear, but in that moment, it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's sure. like that, oh my gosh, like what are people gonna think about me? What kind of parent are they gonna think that I am? And so I just, when I reacted to her that way, I could just see her deflate mm. and of course, it is my right as a parent to tell her not to pluck flowers in a yard. I can do that, that's not the point. I think the point is what is my motivation behind my reaction to my child? Right. And if I'm being honest in that situation, it wasn't to teach her, it was really to protect my image mm. as a parent. Yep. And if I wasn't so controlled by that, m- my reaction could have probably been different. It could right. have been like, oh Zoe, you're so sweet. You you love nature. I love nature. This is wonderful. And then I could have also said, also, let's not pluck flowers from someone's garden because they may not want that and we want to respect that. And it could be a more clear headed yeah. response as yeah. opposed to just a knee jerk. What are people going to think about me? And, and that being this stressor on my life as a parent.
0: Well, Nat, going back to the question, am I a bad parent if and you answer, of course not. Of course not. You're not a bad parent if you feel embarrassed at times. However, we are probably guilty of putting unrealistic expectations on our kids at times, which does not make us a bad parent. It just makes us um, not being as strategic and intentional in that moment as we probably should be. Mm -hmm. All right. Producer Chris, one more. Okay.
2: Uh, Last question. How do I measure my success because I feel like a failure?
1: Hmm. Mm great question great question um i can take a first swipe i like that word there you go there you go (laughs) a first swipe at that um and chris you sent us this question too and i was just thinking about it before coming in it's a great question but one thing i'll throw out there is it's possibly the wrong question to ask thank you for asking the question but What I would say is maybe it's a question that distracts you from what's actually really important. Hmm. Because I think that question, what it does, at least when I ask myself that question, is, am I being successful as a parent? It automatically creates this framework of a very rigid pass-fail mentality, like parenting is some test. And I need to perform and achieve a certain score. And that's when I'm successful. And then if I have that mentality, I will start to judge myself against that kind of thinking. Like, did I perform well Mm. enough? Did I pass or did I fail? Um, And again, that just kind of invites this environment of judgment and criticism and sort of discouragement. But I think the better, maybe more impactful question we could ask ourselves and something that Sam and I have really tried to lean in on in terms of assessing our parenting is, are we growing? Is there growth? When we look back to last year, to where we are today, have we grown? Has there been progress? And I, I think that is such a better marker of how you could evaluate how you're doing more than just What is the specific measurement that will then deem me as a good parent? It's we're all in different stages of journeys in parenting. And so, really, are we making progress? Are we learning more than what we did before? Are we expanding? Are we building better connections step by step, little by little? And if you can say that you are growing, you are learning, which involves messing Mm -hmm. up, you know, learning from failures, all of that then I think you are a successful parent. That's awesome.
0: When I hear the word, am I a failure? To me, failure sounds like a final destination. Yeah. You Once you're a failure, that's it. You're labeled a failure. That's the end of the road. You're done. So I do think as parents, we fail all the time. We fail all the time. We come up short. We miss the mark. We say things we shouldn't. We... Hopefully Mm -hmm. then have to go apologize, right? One of the worst things we do as a parent and one of the best things we do as a parent is when we actually ask our kids for forgiveness, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, we fail all the time, but you're not a failure just because you fail. Mm. And um, the first thing that came to my mind too was don't quit, quit, quit measuring. Don't measure your success as a parent. It's a moving target. Mm. You're measuring it up against whose standard, what standard, um i would say instead of like measuring your success have have some goals have some family values have some things that are important to you as a, as a parent if you're married you and your spouse that you've said hey these are the five or six things that we're really trying to go after and those five or six things probably change from age to age and your parenting stage you know, for us at, Saddle, at on purpose parents we we've, we've listed one example of a goal mm-hmm. that's sort of the It's the foundation of all of our conversations or what we kind of are thinking in the back of my mind. And that's, we we would say an example of a goal would be to raise interdependent, lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. That's an example of, hey, have a goal where you would, you hope this whole parenting journey leads you and your children. And then you pray and you adjust and you hope for the best and you trust that God loves our kids mm. more than we do. It's kind of hard to fathom that, but God loves our kids more than we do. And he entrusts them to us. Um, and along the way, and it's at a certain age, our kids are going to do what they do. You know, I, as a youth pastor, I talk to so many parents who have older teenage children who are making bad decisions. Um, and the parents oftentimes blame themselves mm. and they feel like failure. Where did we go wrong? What should we have done different? Well, I, I, there might have been some things you should have done different. I don't know, and yet I see people who you go, I don't think you could have done anything different. At some point, human beings, kids, they do what they want to do. They they make their own decisions, and we we have no control over that. And so, to measure our success based on that, I think is is a, is a dangerous place. Um, so I would say, don't measure. Mm. Have some goals. Shoot for some things. Pray like crazy. Uh, there's a classic proverb that says, I'll paraphrase it, but it says, if you raise a child in the way that he or she should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. Mm. It's not a promise. It's wisdom. It's in the book of Proverbs, which is a wisdom book. So it's, it's wisdom, right? It's generally speaking, it's, it, wisdom says, if you raise a child in the way that they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. They might wander like crazy. They might make all kinds of mistakes, but wisdom says, you know what? Most of the time, most of the time they come back around to the way they were raised. Um, and sometimes as parents, we measure our success at the wrong times, hmm. oh, at the wrong times, when they're, when they're as far away as they could possibly be. Now we're a failure, but they'll come back. They'll, they'll, they'll come around. They almost always do. Um, and so I think that's kind of a, something okay. worth remembering.
1: It's really good.
0: Okay, mm. that's it. Three questions. Three questions. Uh, we took a little bit longer than I think we had hoped to, but hopefully that was helpful. If you want to follow us, uh, C- producer Chris, give, give everybody the deets. The deets, did you like that? Yeah, I don't know, it's so hip. <laughs> is, is that hip? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. Yeah. I don't know I don't know if was I know a, what's hip either. It was a hip when I was 17, probably. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's still. All right,
1: the deets, what the deets. are they?
2: Yeah, so you, you can uh, go to saddlebackparents.com, and we have a lot of resources there. Uh, some A lot of you are probably watching on YouTube right now.
0: And when it, you say resources, nothing's mm-hmm. for sale. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all free. It's all free. All free. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Not, we're not selling anything.
2: Videos, uh, p- uh, blogs, articles, awesome. resources, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, That's hey, this stuff. this little podcast is picking up steam, so thanks for listening. Share it with your friends if they're Jesus followers, and even if they're not.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: hopefully we kind of give something for everybody, regardless of where they are in their spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you soon. Take care.